This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. You have a different viewpoint on success in a lot of ways, but you mentioned to me um, prior to us recording about how the majority of what determines your success is what you do when you're alone, not mm-hmm. necessarily what you do when you're out in front of clients or when you're working on the big high pick, you know, the sexy part of the business. Um, it's what you do behind closed doors when you're sitting there in front of your laptop or your computer screens and you're really needing to iron out the details and do the the work that no one wants to do. Maybe go into that a little bit more and explain where that where that stems from. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't have put it any better. I think that uh, to your point, a lot of people see the overnight success, right? They see the the shininess, they see the flair, they see the social media videos, and they see the client results that people are throwing all over the place on their stories and all of this. And I fell victim to that too, and following people and seeing those things and, and thinking to myself, you know, it'll take work, but I can I can have that too. And then. You know, I even invested in a course a while back where there was there was this promise of you'll achieve X Y Z in 90 days, and I was like, I was like, yes, I'm all for it, and that was a that was a wake up call for me, and that's probably a different can of worms, but the the point is, I would say 90% of what contributes to the ability to create those results, to have the hundred thousand organic followers, or even for me, the 60,000 people that followed my page over over the last three and a half years, the what you see on the screen and what you what you read, what you consume, what entices you and what draws you in is only the tip of the iceberg because what's behind that is the time and the planning and the creation that the entrepreneur or the creator had to put in. And all of that is entirely dependent upon their ability to manage themselves, to manage their time, to ultimately sit down and get real work done. And today, Vinny, And I'm sure you can relate to this. So much of our professional life is spent looking through emails, responding to emails, getting on Zoom calls, getting off calls and realigning ourselves to try to get into flow state again. And at the end of the day, and I'll say this, none none of that bullshit matters. Not nearly as much as the person sitting down to execute on a plan and injecting creativity and focus into getting something of real meaning and real value done. You said execute. Execution is where... 99% of people fail. The reason being is that they put in the time to think about what they're going to do. They put in the time to plan what they're going to do. And then when Mm -hmm. it comes time, when it comes time to actually perform that action, they freeze and they don't do it because what they see is what's on social media and what's on social media is completely fake. And I mean, that's across the board. Sure. You can find a outlier here or there, but 99% of what you're going to see on social media, it's just going to be degrading to you in the long run because it's going to be like this dream that you're never going to get to. And it's super demoralizing for people because they've got these goals and these dreams and they want to aspire to be like these people that are living these glorious lives on fake. And I've said it three times already, 99% of those lives that they're living on social media are fake. So they really just need to have this wake up call in their mind and, you know, myself included that you can't sit there and compare yourself to people that are allegedly living this life that is so much grander than yours because it's just not true in the end of the day. And so people need to one realize that it's okay to be happy with what you've got and two realize that what they're looking at 
isn't always as it seems. And that's especially true with our day and age in social media, with all of AI that's coming out and all the deep fakes that can occur. I don't want to go off into this whole AI tangent, but there's so much that there's more to it than meets the eye. And I hate for young people specifically that are probably listening to this podcast and even people like ourselves to get caught up in the mix of falling victim to this trap that there's just we're so far behind in life and the, the the true case is that we're not and we're doing fine and everybody just needs to come to that realization with themselves and stop comparing to themselves stop comparing themselves to people on social media right can, can i throw a quick a quick just a quick cap on that one of the ways that i have have i guess coped with but really tried to i guess contextualize a lot of what i was seeing and in a few cases succumbing to with investing in a lot of these 5 to 7000 dollar coaches and courses over the last few years there was always value there's always value in going to those communities and masterminds and working with coaches if you have the right perspective and if you do not expect for your entire world to change by doing so and that was my mistake and the most that you will ever get and I guess this is from my personal you know, experience, the most you'll ever get from hiring a coach or going into a program, and I say this as a coach, is maybe to the next rung, just the next step along your journey. And we can't expect to sign up for something. And within 90 days, we're going to go from $0 to $50,000 a month. It's not going to happen unless you're already at 30,000 and you're just, you need that one little unlock where you have a very specific you know, thing that you need to do and this person can help you get there. It's, it's embellishment. It's, it's, it's not real. It's not true. And it's important for us to, to realize that before investing a substantial amount of money into something, and I'm all for it. I'm all for investing in self and, and self-learning and knowledge, but you can learn probably more by doing yourself, by reading and by testing than, than anything else. It reminds me of, have you ever seen Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. I love the it. old Matt Damon. Yeah. So, uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, the whole crew. So, um, you know, Matt Damon's there at the bar arguing with the Harvard guy and uh, the Harvard guy kind of gets schooled by Matt Damon. And Matt Damon's like, yeah, one day you're going to realize that you spent $150,000 on an education that you could have got for a buck 50 in late charges from the public library. And yeah. so it's just like, you know, you can do it yourself. It's all about what you said earlier. Your willingness to go further than others is 90% of being able to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, so on the route of success, um, and kind of everything you're talking about, being able to study up, um, take these courses, et cetera. Um, yeah. You have a lot of books behind you. On the, If you're listening to this, um, I'm looking at the video of Michael, and he's got a bookshelf in the back with what looks like a pretty solid collection. Um, do you have any recommendations for the listeners? Um, anything that's really changed you or inspired you that you've read before? I know you mentioned the 4-Hour Workweek. That's personally not one that I've read yet, but I've heard plenty of good things about it, so I probably need to need to dive in. Um, but anything else you'd recommend to the listeners? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I think it depends also on what you're wanting to learn uh, and upscale around. Let's see, a couple of my favorites. Number one, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Number two would be The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Three, I recommend $100 million offers, Alex Hormozzi. Um, What else? I'm tempted to get up and go look over there. There's just so many. Um, those, those, are, those are three that I read in the last year that have changed my life. Three is perfect. Yeah, I haven't read either of those or all three of those I haven't touched. And so I've got three more on my list now. I've started to try and um, I'm the type of person who gets so distracted when a book is not necessarily what I am desperately wanting to read at that point in time. Right. I've got so much going on with you know my real full-time job, which consumes a lot of time, my lovely relationship and my family, et cetera. 
and then the podcast, the side hustle, you know, trying to grow this and my brand, et cetera, um, which has been popping off here lately. So I appreciate all the new listeners. Um, but one thing I struggle with is that I'll open up a book and I'll read the first half of it in, you know, one night and then I'll put it down. And for the next week, I get so busy that I'm distracted mm -hmm. and I'm not able to read anymore. And then I don't want to read by the time I get to bed because I'm tired from doing something else. And so I, uh, I really have to like prioritize finishing that book. The first half's easy. It's the second half that'll get to me unless it's one that I just like can't put down. And um, every now and then those come through. But I grew up the son of an English teacher. And so reading books has always been at you know the core of something I'm interested in. Um, yeah. I just need to re refine that passion. I go through kind of phases where I'll read a ton of books over a couple week or a couple month period. And then I'll lose the the urge and I won't read for a few more months. And it's it's ebbs and flows of it but that's just how it personally works for me so if you're like me out there it's okay don't worry um you can still make it uh we'll, we'll get through it together and we'll eventually finish all those half-read books that are sitting on our bedside tables <laughs> i try to read at least one or two hours a day and some some days it fluctuates but i, I always like to, to tell people you know reading is only it's something you, you should do i'm i'm a believer in it because I, I learn and i've i do it myself but it's only ever going to be half the equation you do have to take what you learn and you have to apply it and you have to integrate it and you, you should never feel compelled to read uh, to, to to benny's point like if you feel compelled to do it then don't do it you should only read when you can't put the book down and i'm a big proponent of buying books and using them as reference material so if there's something that you want to learn some kind of a pointed skill or perspective leverage books to do that but don't feel like you have to sit there and be a prisoner to having to read the entire book if you don't want to i'm reading 30 books right now but i'm i'm, I'm going through them to learn key things or, or just unlock those those shifts in perspective so that's how i look at reading that is a good way to think about it um it kind of helps me feel better about the fact that i only read bits and pieces of certain ones and some books are built for just that to choose the portions or the chapters of it that are most prevalent to you I want to transition with the last few minutes here and talk about the future. What are your goals for next week, next year, next 10 years? You know, like however you look at your goals in the spectrum, what are you looking forward to? I've come 180 degrees from where I was two years ago, and I was talking about and posting about entrepreneurship nonstop. And I was even in my coaching business at a place where I was, I was making claims and offers that I wasn't personally doing in my own life. And I wasn't, I was not high on, on, you know, full-time work or, you know, W2 jobs, but you have to use what you have to get what you want. And you have to be willing to put in some time and go through that process. And so for me, I'm looking to get a high paying job that I can just leverage and, and stack skills and stack cash. And if I'm able to get to where I want with that, I'll be able to buy one duplex every two months. And so if I can cover that, then, then I can move on to taking my time and building out my portfolio, building out my courses, building out my coaching business. And so that's my goal for the future. Awesome. Well, I think it's cool to hear how, like I said earlier, how brutally honest you are and how you have come full circle from what you used to believe. And now what you're doing doesn't necessarily have to be what you do forever. And I heard a good quote the other day and it was, uh, a gentleman talking more so about, you know, don't leave a job just because you may be unhappy. That job could be a means to an end. And exactly. if it's, it's completely okay if it is. And if you love your job, stick with it. Be in that job for the long haul. Like it is a great and fulfilling thing to have a good career at a company that you enjoy working for. And then if it's not, at least do it for the time being so that you're able to pursue whatever it is that you might want down the road. I love my, my regular job. I get to help businesses and it's great work and it's fun, but Hey, 
back to you, you know, I, I know we're kind of closing out here, but I don't want to leave anything open-ended. Is there anything that you were hoping I would have asked you or given you the chance to share that maybe I didn't? And if so, please use this time to, to share. I think just one one more thing that I would, would add in is sort of around the a lot of the hype and the claims that we were alluding to across social media over the last couple of years. Obviously, the coaching niche has exploded. And I think with that, we, along with a uh, a, a very warranted recontextualizing process of expectations for us as students or um, clients hiring coaches. I also think as entrepreneurs and business people, we also need to understand how the market is moving with, with regard to, to marketing and to selling. And, you know, there, there are different ways to capture attention, to build audience and to uh, enroll people or sell people on your offers. But for me, I have been bred over my entire career and had success as a content marketer. And so I'm a huge fan of, of, of creating, like I said, original content, um, putting that out into the world and making it as value-based as possible, separate and discreet from the products and services that you offer. If you can commit to doing that for a year or two, whether it's through podcasting like Vinny and I do, whether it's through Instagram or TikTok or blog, or an email newsletter and just provide value. You prove that you are who you say you are and you will gain infinitely more trust by doing that than needing to sell somebody. Then when it becomes time that people start coming to you and asking you to help them or asking you what you sell or what you have that they can get get involved in, then that's when you start bringing them into your offers. And just one final point on that for me, Vinny, where I've been most successful in the sales the sales work that I've done with the course that I launched, I brought about 30 people into that and the one-on-one -on -one coaching work that I've done. It's not about the hard sell. It never has been for me. That doesn't make sense intuitively for me. It's really about the three P's, priming, personalization, and then the power dynamic. And so just real quick, priming is what I just mentioned, content marketing, like get people to a place where they trust you. When people trust you, sales becomes a lot easier. You won't have to do as much pitching and in hard selling, you won't feel nervous or anxious about it. It'll just be natural. And you can approach that interaction from a personalized perspective because you actually know the person. Like if somebody's followed you for two years, you don't need to feel like, you don't need to feel weird about proposing something for them. It should be natural. And you can put together that customized conversation and package for that person based on their needs. And then the power dynamic is just not needing anything from them. Being able to lay it out there on the table Here's what I can do. Here's what we can do together. And here's the value you're going to get from this. Do you want to sign up or not? And it can be really that, that simple. I think that's the future of sales. And uh, so just wanted to throw that in and um, share that with, with everybody. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is on sale now. Grab your copy by visiting my website or tapping the link in the episode description. I also just released the online learning portal, which expands on what I share in the book. This includes four hours of edited, captioned video tutorials and trainings, plus dozens of downloadables and templates. Between the book and the e-academy, you're going to be equipped to literally blow your revenue targets out of the water and eviscerate your competition this year, all by putting content at the core. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, comment, and share all the things and hit me up on LinkedIn if you'd like to connect. I am here to serve you and that's it. I will see you in the next episode.